gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Oh, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter! Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches read Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Doctor Chardonnay, Jesse Blount. And today we're talking about Chapter 19, The Hungarian Horntail. In which Harry's having a two-week-long anxiety attack because he has to do something for this first task that is for sure dangerous, and everyone is still bullying the fuck out of him. Ron is still ghosted, and Rita Skeeter went full tablet on him, getting him and Hermione some serious unwanted attention. Hermione is both dealing with this bullying and trying to counsel Ron and Harry to just fucking talk to one another, which sounds fucking exhausting. A few days before the first task, Harry goes to Hogsmeade in his invisibility cloak, which Hermione dislikes, but keeps Harry out of the public eye. Hermione is thinking about the next steps for Spew, specifically more direct action. Um, Thankfully, Harry is spared this when he notices Hagrid and Moody are the three boomsticks. And you just can't trick that magical eye, so they come over to say hello, and Hagrid tells Harry to meet her at her house at midnight. Harry's Google Calendar is now full since he's fire-timing Sirius at 1am, but he goes down to Hagrid and ends up being the kind of third wheel on Hagrid's date with Madame Maxine. No, wait, it's to show Harry what the first task will be. Motherfucking dragons! (laughs) Uh, And one for each champion, in fact, and they're hidden out of sight of the castle. Harry, having seen enough, goes back to the castle and literally bumps into Karkaroff on his way to see the dragons. But, you know, whatever. Time to talk to Sirius, who's looking great, by the way. And Harry is able to unload all the shit he's kept inside for the past month. Sirius is like, dragons ain't shit. Uh, Karkaroff is a death eater who could deal with the minister for a lesser sentence and is teaching dark arts to the Durmstrang kids. So watch out. Sirius, of course, suspects Karkaroff of the whole goblet thing, and informs Harry that there has been some increased Death Eater activity in the world. And so Sirius thinks that Voldy knows about the tournament and is using it as a way to get Harry. Which, as we all know, is in fact correct. Now, down to the dragons. Sirius is about to tell him the secret of getting past them, but someone on the staircase spooks them both, and Sirius is out. Turns out it was just Ron, and Harry has been itching for this fight. They yell. Harry throws some things. And stormed up to bed. That was great. Thank you. I love fire timing. (laughs) (laughs) Top notch. Uh, Before we get into it, I'm going to do a shameless self-promotion. I, as I've been mentioning or have mentioned a couple times, I'm kickstarting a tarot deck that I designed. I'm really stoked about it. The Kickstarter is going to go live on February 8th. So if you can like mark your calendars, put an alarm in your phone, uh, the more it gets interacted with on the first day that it's up, the more Kickstarter will show it to people. So even if you don't care about tarot or aren't on the market for a tarot deck or don't have the funds to Kickstart it, if you can just go like click on it on that day, that would be super 
because I really want it to happen. Yeah, you could definitely, you could tell your friends about it. Uh, 2022 is a good year to get into tarot because why the fuck not? And also anyone who is interested in a tarot deck that is not heavily gendered, Lark's deck is the deck for you. Uh, the art is fantastic and you get to not be like, ugh, the empress. <laughs> <laughs> there is in fact no empress in this deck. Um, I also worked really hard to make it a deck that is beginner friendly. So if you're someone who wants to get into tarot and is like, I don't want to use the Rider White deck to get into tarot, which is what everyone will tell you you have to use. This deck is one that I like really put a lot of effort into making sure that people who are just learning how to use tarot for the first time can communicate with. The art is very intentionally made to be like, this is what this card is about. I even beta tested it with people who have never seen a tarot card before to make sure that it was giving the vibe that it should be giving. So yes, that's that. I feel very weird about being like, support my thing, but do please support my thing. Uh, It's fucking cool. You should definitely support it. (laughs) Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, so February 8th, that's that's the day. And uh, with that... So we're going to get into today's headlines. Dragons sighted at Hogwarts. Are your children safe? (laughs) Are your children ever safe? No. And with that, we turn to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. I feel like I have so many things in this section. All right, cool. What do you have first? My first thing is that we have a small moment in the Doom from the Start Cho Harry romance. Yeah, we do. In which Cho's just trying to be nice and Harry yells at her for no goddamn reason. <laughs> he yells at her for a very good reason, just nothing to do with her. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, Harry. You probably look at the person before you start yelling at them. Ugh, God. Make sure it's not your crush. Yeah, I would be mortified. Totally. But also I like feel for him because I can totally understand why he did what he did. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to start at the beginningest of possible beginnings with the chapter title. It's a spoiler. Oh, yeah, it really is. What was she thinking? Like, you already know now what dragon Harry is going to get in the next chapter. Yeah, that is true. I don't know why that has has never occurred to me but you yeah you are totally correct what 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 else what other dragon but of course even if that had the the chapter name it's like you should have known the most dangerous one was going to be the one that harry gets regardless yeah of course but that's different from it being completely given away to you yeah what do you have next um harry mentions that hanging out with hermione means less laughter and more time at the library and I want to just pause to examine this because I don't know any unfunny nerds like Hermione. And so I think that Harry just doesn't get her jokes. Yeah, I agree. I actually had this in politics because I was like, <laughs> what the fuck, Harry Potter? I agree. I, Hermione is obviously super witty and hilarious and Harry just is not keeping up. Yeah, I feel like it's very like dry and you have to like, it's like a thing where you're like, wait, what? And then you're like, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah, Harry just doesn't pay attention or read enough to get her jokes or something. Yeah. So. 
I gotta say, the thing that made me put it in politics, I think, was that Harry says there's, you know, much less laughter and a lot more hanging around the library when Hermione was your best friend, indicating that normally she's just a friend, I guess. But obviously, Harry and Ron are Hermione's best friends at all times. And I think it sucks. I think it sucks that Harry doesn't just always consider himself to be someone who has two best friends. Yeah. Also, I feel like the whole thing about Hermione, that less laughter is very like, Hermione's a stick in the mud kind of friend. And it's like, that's just smacks of misogyny. Yeah, totally. Also, how dare you to be best friends with a person who has literally saved your ass every goddamn year and will continue to save your ass every goddamn year. Yeah. Just be like, she's my friend. Whatever. I don't value her as highly as I value Ron Weasley, who offers <laughs> nothing. Uh, okay, so as you pointed out in your intro, Hagrid's having a great day. We get the line, Harry leaves, trusting that Hagrid wouldn't miss him with the attractions of four dragons and Madame Maxime to occupy her. And you're like, Hagrid is in her happiest of happy places. And I am so pleased for her. (laughs) It's like, if Hagrid needed to cast a Patronus, this is one of the memories that that she would think of. 100%. Yeah, Charlie's like, uh, what a date, Hagrid. And you're like, are you kidding? What's hotter than going on a date with someone where you're doing something that they are so stoked about? If you aren't into seeing someone that you have a crush on be really into something, then you're not into that person. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. And then I'm also a little bit like, LOL at Charlie, because I'm like, if you were someone that dated people, you would bring them to hang out with some dragons because obviously you're just as obsessed with dragons as Hagrid. Totally. <laughs> like, this is your job. Like, you are so stoked to be like, fucking dragons. Like, come on, Charlie. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> oh, right. Like, I feel like all of the probably a majority of Charlie's friends are just the other dragon keepers. They just hang out and like, drink straight whiskey and cheap beer and like hang and like talk about the dragons and that's just like god i want to be friends with them i know i want that life (laughs) (laughs) oh that sounds so dreamy okay so my next thing is that just to start off with a lot of rita's uh in factual uh, unfactual all of rita's fake news i think despite even though she says that Hermione is stunningly pretty, I don't actually think she knows what Hermione looks like because she literally walks past her, mm-hmm. <laughs> leaving the three broomsticks. So I'm like, where did you get this information <laughs> from? <laughs> probably from Colin Creevy, who clearly has a crush on Hermione. I mean, that is probably real. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like Harry is so cool. And then it's like really cool, hot friend, Hermione. And that's it. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Probably because probably because Ron is probably really mean to the creepy brothers. And granted, they're a lot and they do cross a lot of boundaries with Harry. They sure (laughs) do. Which isn't great. 
but I feel like Ron is still probably unduly mean to them. Yeah. And part of it is part of it is loyalty to Harry, but I think part of it is just he could be mean to them. Yeah, Ron seems like the kind of person who redirects his feelings onto people with less power than him, which is not a good person to be. Yeah, and if there's anyone with less political capital in the Gryffindor house slash in Hogwarts, it's the creepy brother. Totally. I mean, partly because of being muggle-born, but also partly because of just, like, they're, like, capital F, like, fanboys. Yeah. <laughs> in a way that is very funny. And they're really but dorky, also like... and they're also, like, really short. I think there's a lot of ways that these kids are very bullyable. Oh, just like Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're like very sincere. They're like painfully sincere about everything. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is actually my last thing here. I obviously really love that Sirius is looking well. I assume that he's staying with Remus somewhere, but then he says that he's broken into someone's house to use their fireplace, and I'm like, "Where are you? Where is he? I don't understand." Maybe, maybe him and Lupin are living off grid. True. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if they're not in a witching house, their house isn't going to have wizard internet, basically. Yeah. Because I'm like, that would make sense from a safety perspective. Mm -hmm. And also, I refuse to believe that, like, of course he looks good because clearly Lupin is, it's all the love and probably food. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Sirius is the cook, but like, I feel like this, the their living situation would be one where Lupin was like, remember how much you loved cooking? Like just being this really great, like you've been through a lot of trauma, supportive partner being like, let's get back into it. Like, let's try new recipes. Let's reinvigorate your passion. I know. That's so great. Oh my God. <laughs> Listeners, we're both having, um, Making faces that indicate that we're having deep feelings that you obviously can't hear, but I promise that it's <laughs> happening. Uh, and now you two can have those feelings yep. about it. Yeah, I feel like, right, I feel like Sirius probably knows how to make, like, the kind of person who's like, I made this hollandaise sauce from scratch for you mm-hmm. for brunch. Delicious. Yeah. Uh, this actually fits really nicely into my next point. Oh, no, Love one of that. my next things. Okay. In which, when Hagrid goes to Madame Maxine's, to the powder blue carriage, she attempts to say a French word, and it just doesn't come out. Yeah. And all I could think about is this is me every time I try to say a French word and mispronounce it to Nicole, who like studied French for like in, like, in college. Yeah, I got a whole ass degree in it. Right, and I'm like, Mirren, Mirren, please? Mirren, poit? And she's just like, no, that's not how you pronounce it. Oh, uh, yeah. So I deeply empathize with this moment <laughs> with where I'm like, words are fucking hard to say. Also, bong sewer is so much better than bonjour anyway. So like, <laughs> just... Uh, that, that definitely sounds like someone's garage band. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's at least, there's at least one wizard rock band out there named bong sewer. And if there's not, there should be. Yeah, if you now are going to go off and create a, a walk walk group named Bong Sewer, please let us know. Yes, please. <laughs> because what a good name <laughs> that is. Okay. All right. So yes. my, my, my last thing is Charlie 
Weasley knowing Hagrid so well, in which he is like, Hagrid, we counted all the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's so perfect. It is. It's like, I know you, friend. Uh, you you could not come in here and try to take an egg. <laughs> we have a very elaborate spreadsheet of all of the eggs. <laughs> yeah, and he like knows her well enough to be like, you definitely didn't learn your lesson with Norbert. <laughs> Welcome to the education section where we talk about this goddamn school. My first note is pickling rat brains. What? Ew. What? Yeah. Ew. So gross. And like, without magic, we have to assume, because detention is always like, do the gross thing without magic. And it's like, this is sick. This is worse than having to disembowel toads. Also, excuse me, I just realized Neville, toad parent, had to disembowel toads. Ron, former rat parent, has to pickle rat brains snape is so terrible this is so pointed and just cruel what the fuck oh my god i just got so much more angry than i already was yeah it's like just just fire him just no why why are you even yep oh i'm so mad uh no that's fucked up yeah that is fucked up also just like just like logistically sounds like the worst yeah rat brains are tiny too rat brains are tiny rat skulls are tiny i mean rat heads are very tiny i don't i honestly don't even know how you would like remove the brain from the skull without while keeping it intact but like using what's available to witches and not legitimate surgical equipment yeah like he's like here's a paring knife right good luck oh my god yeah yeah fuck all of that it's sick um obviously a lot of what Sirius tells harry a lot of his theory is pretty spot on but of course karkaroff is just a red herring of sorts he's like he's not the one doing this shit he's just trying to do the least amount of work <laughs> Which, can't blame him for that. <laughs> but I actually also want to challenge Sirius's... I guess it's hard, because I kind of want to challenge Sirius's being like, from what I've heard on the grapevine after being in jail for 12 years, is that Kakarot's been teaching uh, all these kids the dark arts. And it's like... I mean, Victor, seemingly, I think, the prize student of Karkaroff, seems like a good guy. Like, if he knows how to use the dark arts, it hasn't affected him in a way that makes him do it all the time or, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I guess I don't. I mean, I'm sure, obviously, there are some kids at Durmstrang that are learning the dark arts because they're telling because at Hogwarts learning the dark arts. Mm -hmm. Like, just because of Death Eaters at your school. Well, Malfoy confirmed that at the beginning of the book when he was talking about his dad trying to send him to Durmstrang. He says they actually learn the dark arts, not just the defense crap that they teach at Hogwarts. That is true. I think it makes a good point, though, like what you're saying about Victor, which is like, just because you have access to something doesn't, like the information doesn't make you a bad person. You're 
choices are what make you a bad person. Victor can know that information and like be the kind of person who would never, you know? Yeah. And like, honestly, I guess it is also hard for me to say that for me to know if it would make sense to learn some, to at least have like the theory of dark arts as opposed to just the defense of it. Mm -hmm. And part of your like, here's how it works so you can counteract it. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, kids learn tons of stuff that you can put to bad applications if you choose to. But like, if you are also learning the ethics of the thing, then hopefully you're not going to choose to do that, you know? Right, it's like being a like teenage punk and being like, I'm going to download the anarchist cookbook. And it's just like, some of us just want to feel cool, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like, you're going to go out and like, napalm a bunch of people or whatever the fuck's in that book yeah it makes me think about the like lock picking tiktoks where the comments will be full of people being like you're teaching people how to steal shit you're teaching people how to pick locks and it's like just because like this is based on i think this very damaging idea that is sort of very widespread in general that people only don't do bad things because they don't have access to do the bad things or because they're afraid of the repercussions of doing the bad things, but not because they just, like, don't want to do harm. And it's just really weird. It's like, just because someone knows how to pick a lock doesn't mean that they're then going to go out and, like, steal things from someone, you know? Right. That's not how that... That's not necessarily how that works. Even though that is what a lot of uh, U.S. sex education is built on. If you don't know anything about safe sex, you're not going to do it, which is, of course, a fucking lie. <laughs> this is also what our legal system is built on. I mean, I feel like they talk about this a lot on You're Wrong About, where it's like we can't give lenient sentences because then people will think that they can do murders and get away with it. And the only thing stopping people from doing murders is the fact that they might get in trouble for it as opposed to the fact that most people just don't want to do a murder yeah but we just like don't believe that somehow it's like well if people could everyone would murder their spouse right now they're just so afraid of the american justice system that that's why they don't do it yeah and i mean despite the fact of how it's easier to get a gun than to do most things in this country it's like you know if you're someone like me who likes a lot of crime and horror fiction it's like i could tell you like a dozen ways to kill someone like right now and like just because i know that doesn't mean i'm gonna go out and like murder a bunch of people right exactly it's a weird it's a weird way of thinking about like human morality well i mean i think a lot of i don't know i guess i i think at least when it's people who are thinking is influenced by christianity it's a sort of assumption that just like the only thing keeping anyone from doing anything bad is like a fear of punishment. Mm-hmm. Especially since like Christianity does lean, want to lean heavily on punishment versus people are people and do people stuff, you know? Yeah, totally. No, that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, that got heavy. Uh, <laughs> is it my turn? Oh, wow. sure is because that's the only thing i had in education so it is that is your cool so yeah my only other thing here is that i think it is atrocious that they have not banned these fucking badges 
Apparently most of the school is wearing them. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you saying? No, it's atrocious. Just like the, I mean, all the bullying that happening that happens in this school previous is pretty bad. But allowing these buttons to go unchecked for this long is just atrocious. Yeah, no good. The school sucks. Uh, yeah, this school is real, real bad. I would would never want to go to this school. No. Welcome to the politics section where we talk about things that are fucked up. There's just so much misogyny in this chapter. It's disgusting. I mean, we've already discussed a little bit the sort of misogyny of like her money being unfunny and just being like, it's a lot of studying. Yeah. Fuck all that noise. Also, we get Sirius being so mean about Bertha. Yeah. Like unnecessarily. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, cool okay um you didn't need to say all those hateful things about her yeah yeah i agree uh my first thing here is just that like how fucked up rita's article is it's real bad it's so bad that's so irresponsible like this is some yeah like national Enquirer. like you just you just wrote a piece of fiction and published it as as fact you can't do that you ought not do that obviously she can do that but she should not have done that yeah and i and i mean once again right like she shouldn't have written this completely false article where where are the editors is there's no one editing this newspaper is this just an article aggregate like huff post where it's just like <laughs> someone is just like you wrote a thing cool we'll publish it sounds cool it's the same editor that uh, this book had. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like, don't you need to, like, fact check? Aren't there? <sighs> I mean, again, when is seemingly anything fact checked in this world? It's not. It's not no, that's not. That's not a thing here. This is the problem when you only have one news source, you know? Yeah. Uh, this is a good reason why monopolies are bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even though, I mean, I think all of the news sources here in the United States are owned by three people and then NPR. So, like, yep. you have that, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, this article is, like, it's not, it doesn't even feel like real news. It's like, did you get just, like, some internet blogger to talk about this tournament? <laughs> and just, like... Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a profile... A, a fake profile, an interview that she did mm. in her imagination and is yeah. pretending to be about the Triwizard Tournament. It's like, what are you doing? It's terrible. Right. Yeah, and the fact that she misspells Crub and Fleur's name. Um, and doesn't mention Cedric at all. And doesn't mention Cedric at all. Like, that's just like, those are basic, here's how you do journalism facts. It's, <laughs> it's not misspelling. It's so funny because it's like, I think it's supposed to be a burn. Like, I think the reason JKR included that is that it's supposed to be like insulting. And so we have to assume that Rita thinks that it's insulting to misspell their names. I'm like, I'm sorry, this actually just makes you look like a bad journalist. That's not insulting to the other champions. Like, oh, they weren't important enough for you to spell their names right. It just makes you look bad at your job. 
Especially, I mean, okay, so misspelling anyone's name in an article is probably a thing you shouldn't do. Crumb is an international Quidditch star, so you would assume he would be in the news all the time anyway. Yeah. His name is also extremely phonetic. <laughs> like completely, actually completely phonetic because neither is spelled with a C, which can make two different sounds. Like it is as phonetic as a name can possibly be. This is true. <laughs> Good old Victor Crumb. You go out of your way to misspell that one. Yeah, it's real bad. Yeah, it's terrible. What do you have next? Um, I have one thing that is health and science adjacent. Okay. Which is, um, number one, I do not think it is a good idea to move giant animals like a dragon with their eggs. Why would you do that? That sounds like they're just going to stress eat all the eggs or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, and then the adjacent point is, I think we can all agree that apex predators are at their most dangerous to humans when it's about their babies. Why would you ever think, you know what would be a good first task for these teenagers to do is to go up against broody dragons protecting their eggs? It's so wild. It's so absurd. I like you. We see it takes six, six wizards, six trained wizards to bring down witches, to bring down one dragon. And it's like, not just. I mean, we keep comparing this to the Olympics, right? In the Olympics, you train for what you're going to be doing. So, like, not only have they not trained, they also are not even supposed to know what they're going to be doing until the moment that they come face to face with the dragon. Right. And this is, like, a highly specialized field. And they're at their most dangerous. The fact that Hogwarts has taken on the liability for this is, like, what? You did what? I mean, insurance must not exist in this world because this this sounds like this could get so out of hand and terrible so quickly. Because these, like, so you have these angry, confused dragons because they're in a place they have never been before with their babies, and they're like, "What the fuck?" And and I mean, to go along with the Olympics, like, so I mean, there's like a there's a handful of equestrian uh, Olympic categories what do you call it games whatever there's there's olympic equestrian sports those horses train as hard every day as the the people who train to do the thing in the olympics there's no surprises right you know that horse knows exactly what's going to happen in a jumping ring and in a dressage area whatever the fuck taking wild animals that like aren't like they're not domesticated they don't they're probably you know maybe not super used to people and just, like, put them in the middle of a stadium full of how and who knows how many people? Like, this is legit animal cruelty. Yeah. Number one. It is. And so incredibly dangerous for the contestants and the spectators. None of this shit makes any goddamn sense. Right. I mean, from a liability standpoint, it's like this: the contestants, you know, signed up for this. They made, they agreed to this danger, but, like... One dragon could 100% take out the entire student body of Hogwarts if it decided to. Yeah, this is like, 
competitive bomb diffusing where it's like let's all gather around while someone diffuses this bomb yeah, that's is. a cool <laughs> that's the perfect analogy anyway leave these leave these dragons alone and even if you're gonna have dragons could you have small dragons could you have dragons that don't have what we're assuming are bronze bone spur spikes on its one end of the dragon and like fire pouring out of the like why would you decide yes that's gonna be the one we're gonna bring like why not just have four like just random commonwealth dragons why yeah why do they need to be four different breeds of dragon that's weird that doesn't make any sense because that's not even like the hungarian horntail is more dangerous than the others so like that should be taken into account when harry is being scored you know because he gets yeah. marked down a point for getting injured. And it's like, yeah, but none of the other contestants could have been injured by their dragon's tails in that way. So, like... Yeah. Yeah. The, hun- the Hungarian horn tail should not have been a, a, dra- a dragon they brought into this. They should have been like, you're staying wherever the fuck in, the, in our wildlife sanctuary with your eggs. Yeah. What they should have done was bring fucking Norbert. Oh, that's true. I am so, I'm so upset that Norbert is not one of these dragons. Maybe she wasn't brooding but it could have been cute Harry could have been like oh i know that dragon it's still trying to kill me (laughs) that's true no that would have been really great oh my god can you imagine hagrid i know Uh. so great (laughs) and then it's like and then hagrid would be even more happy to see norbert and like knit this dragon a hat or something or a blanket and it just would have been like it would have been incredible. I know. And even the fact that Norbert has a poisonous bite would have still been better than a Hungarian fucking horntail. Yeah, absolutely. I assume all the dragons have poisonous bites. I guess that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> kind of like Gila Monster. Well, I mean, I guess, no, Gila Monsters don't have venom. No, Gila Monsters do have venom. Kimono dragons are the one where they're mouths are just super full of gross bacteria and so you just like get a really terrible infection and die gross yeah uh i think that's actually how that's part of how they hunt their prey it's just biting them and then waiting for them to die and then they're just like cool mosey on over and eat you anyway good good strategy they're so cool (laughs) um yeah so my last thing here is just my ire at Harry for saying, Hermione, when are you going to give up on this spew stuff? No. Yeah, fuck you, Harry. Hermione's about to be on some direct action Earth First bullshit. She's ready. Yeah. <laughs> Support your friends. When has she ever not supported you in your passions? Fuck you, Harry Potter. Also, you literally have one friend now. Everyone fucking hates you except for Hermione. Like, Seriously, dude, seriously. Yeah, get it together, Harry. Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. Um, If I had an invisibility cloak and this was happening to me, I would never not be wearing it, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck all these kids. I'm going to walk to class in an invisibility cloak. You're going to turn around. I'm fucking there all of a sudden. Like, you're never going to see me. I don't know why it takes Harry being like going to Hogsmeade to be like, oh yeah, my invisibility cloak. It's like, that should have been number one. It's Harry's special ability is forgetting that he has an invisibility cloak. 
Which fair. I totally get that. But if I owned an invisibility cloak, it would I would always just have it in my backpack. Because you never know when you need to like not. You're just like, actually, I don't want anyone to perceive me right now. Totally. Yes. I would love to have an invisibility cloak. Hell yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. A few years ago, I changed my answer in the would you choose flight or invisibility question. Um, having always chosen flight for you know, my whole life, suddenly I started really thinking about the opportunities that you're granted if you're invisible. And it was really thinking about the just gleeful antagonism that I could perform to people protesting outside of abortion clinics if I could turn invisible. Oh my God, so much. OMG. Yeah. I was like, never mind. I choose invisibility. <laughs> like I've I've changed my mind here. That's so funny. I've always, I think, chosen invisibility. (laughs) Okay. My first thing here is that Harry's whole deal this chapter is, like, very hashtag mood. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. He he is described as uh, experiencing a horizon that has never looked darker. A feeling of barely controlled panic that goes with him everywhere he goes. And this this line, I'm, for a second he tried to say fine, but he just couldn't do it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> me too, Harry. <laughs> yeah, what does he say in the beginning where it's like this like great beast on the road in front of him and it's just like... Yep. Yep. <laughs> very, very identifiable is what it is. I know, it's sort of miraculous he's actually kept it together up until that point, really. Yeah. You know, he, like, spills his guts to Sirius, but I'm like, it's, I can't believe you didn't just start sobbing. I feel like maybe if this had gone on another few weeks, he would have been to the breaking point of just starting to break down, but. It just made me think that, once again, Harry, just keep a journal. Oh, yeah. I mean, unless the whole Voldemort thing maybe put him actually that's a really good point which i guess i really can't blame him for that if that is what's going on yeah true oh what do you have next i just love how harry is like freaking out about the next task and cedric is maybe also freaking out about outwardly about the next task the first task and flora's just like i don't give a fuck (laughs) she's unflappable (laughs) she's like i'm gonna kill this shit y'all can't tell me nothing i love it or at least she's very good at per- per- portraying that. That is true. As someone who often is perceived as being fine when I am, in fact, falling apart inside. I don't want to make any assumptions about how Flora is actually doing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I have some writing rants. Yes. Um, I'm trying to decide how many. I, I wrote down three. I don't think I'm going to go on about all three of them. I mean, you can. <laughs> I know. I'm just going to do two. All right. I'm going to leave okay. the, the least egregious out. Am I? No, I'm not. I'm going to talk about all three of them. Never mind. There you go. All right. Perfect. The first one, we're going to spend the least amount of time on, though. So it's this sentence. Hermione often complained about Crumb being there, M dash. Not that he ever bothered them, M dash, but because groups of giggling girls often turned up to spy on him. And M dash is used. You should be able to take the thing inside the 
the dashes out of the sentence and still have it read legibly. Hermione often complained about Crumb being there, but because groups of giggling girls often turned up to spy on him, is not a sentence. That's not how you write that. Nope. I hate it. (laughs) Okay, followed by. He didn't mention this, semicolon. He and Hermione hadn't discussed what was coming up in the first task much, semicolon. He had the feeling she didn't want to think about it. Why are there two semicolons? I don't know. What are they doing there? They could, those could just been commas. Easy. Yes. It's so weird. What are they doing there? Being superfluous. Yeah. Superfluous. Yeah, you nailed it. Cool. It's so weird. Okay. And then lastly. (laughs) Harry scrambled to his feet, hiding the fire. M dash. If someone saw Sirius's face within the walls of Hogwarts, they would raise an almighty, comma, they would raise an almighty uproar. M dash. The ministry would get dragged in. M dash. He, comma, Harry, comma, would be questioned <laughs> about Sirius's whereabouts. M dash. End of sentence. Wow, that is like everything you hate about the scoundrels writing in one sentence. That could have realistically been just three sentences. Yes. With like, Less, no M dashes. There's so... Nothing about <laughs> the grammar of the sentence makes any sense. Also, I'm pretty sure you shouldn't end a sentence on an M dash. Like, I don't think that's how that works. I don't think so either. It's so <laughs> much. It is so horrible to look at. <laughs> Can I actually... And I, of course, heard your hated Harry, he, comma, Harry... <laughs> i know there's no semicolon in this sentence unfortunately otherwise it really would be like the pinnacle (laughs) um i'm gonna put this in the chat just so that you can like look at it with your eyes yeah wow you don't even need to think about the ministry yeah why are there so many m dashes like the one comma it's it's almost like none almost none of this punctuation is necessary have you seen the tiktok that's going around where people reduce like famous works of literature to just their punctuation no it's really cool what? uh so cool. and it it's like here's a jane austen novel here's like a hemingway novel and it's like you can really see where the author is you know just by looking at the the punctuation in the book yeah, I feel like I feel like Hemingway is a lot of periods and maybe some commas and like nothing else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I saw it, but then one of our listeners also sent it to me on Instagram and was like, "Imagine the Harry Potter series." And I was like, I know. "That was my wow. first thought when I watched it too." <laughs> oh my god! <sighs> so many M dashes and ellipses and so like. it's so funny because she gets on a fucking roll in like each chapter so it's like the last chapter would have just been a sea of of ellipses and then this chapter is just like m dashes (laughs) i just hate it so much (sighs) anyway that's that for this week Yeah, I think it's just going to get worse the further in this series we go. Because I distinctly remember being like, the later books, I'm like, this could have been edited better. 
I think I need to start a doc where I put the most egregious examples and then we can have like a runoff at the end of the podcast where people vote for like what's the worst sentence. It'll be like a like a like a March Madness bracket yeah. but for worst sentences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, incredible. Incredible. Do you have anything else in this section? I do. Okay, so Ron's still being a dick. Yeah, he is. But I have to say there's a moment at the end of this chapter where I feel bad for him, not when Harry throws a badge at him, because honestly, he kind of deserved that, Mm -hmm. is that he's wearing maroon paisley pajamas, which he did not pick out for himself. Molly probably brought for him in maroon, which he hates. Mm -hmm. And he probably hates paisley also, even though I'm like, maroon paisley pajamas sounds cute as fuck. I would wear those. But technology curse alert. Alright, sorry, you were saying Ron does not like maroon paisley pajamas. Um, and I feel bad for him because once again Molly has forgotten what color Ron likes slash dislikes. Yeah. And they're like eight inches too short. Yeah. And it just like it just kinda sucks. I just I I feel bad for Ron for just like maybe still not quite getting the uh parental attention that he would like you would prefer right it's sad and i feel like the reason that harry points it out so much is because he also is feeling bad for ron and he's angry that ron is presenting him with reasons to feel bad for him when he's so justifiably angry with ron which i actually think is like really good writing because there is some good writing here yeah and i mean and like harry also like knows that that this is this is the quickest this is the Ron's sort of uh, biggest not healed like wound of his psyche is like his family's poverty. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my last editorial is how the fuck are they quote unquote hiding these dragons in the woods when the dragons are roaring so loud that you can clearly hear it for like miles around? Maybe that's why they woke him up at like midnight. They're like, the kids are asleep. They won't hear them. Yeah. They're just gonna keep them drugged throughout the day. Yeah, I, I'm like, if they've if they've gone right, because Harry walks like what? Like he takes him like 15 minutes, 20 minutes to go from like where the dragons are to like his common room. That's not far enough. No, although he is booking it. Because it takes him that's half true. an hour to walk from his common room just to Hagrid's hut. That's true. So he's like running. Yeah. Still. Yeah, I agree. It's the everyone in the castle could definitely hear that. All of the light sleepers were like, the fuck? All of the kids who are night owls who are writing in their journals or like whatever or like, what the fuck was that sound? Yeah, totally. <laughs> the fuck's happening in the Forbidden Forest? <laughs> maybe they could, I mean, maybe they're just like, oh, weird sounds from the Forbidden Forest. But I think you're right. Four dragons is still a Four angry dragons is still alive. Yeah, the roar is described as being ear splitting. So it's like, I assume it sounds like a fucking T-Rex, you know? You're just like, what is right. that? Right. Oh, none of the kids are supposed to know about the dragons. Doesn't everyone know about the dragons <laughs> at this point? Yeah. Welcome to the personal section where we talk about sexy stuff. Sexy stuff. Um, okay, so I have a theory about Victor Crumb. Okay. Talk about here. So, 
Harry is like, spend a lot of time in the library with Hermione. Hermione's annoyed because all of a sudden Victor Crumb is here a lot. So what I think is that Crumb is like, who is this cute Hogwarts girl with the big hair? How can I talk to her? And he reads his article and is like, oh, so now I know her name. Now I can be like, hey, where does that Hermione girl hang out at? And everyone's like the library because he's a fucking nerd. <laughs> so he's there trying to like suss her out, maybe be like, is Harry dating her? Can I like how do I like approach her? What what kind of stuff is she into? This is my theory. This is canon. This is true. He says so, or she tells Harry that he said so later in the well, book. Well, I mean, yeah, they say that like he was like hanging out in the library to like approach her. But I'm like, he was he was he didn't get up the gumption to do that until the, uh, that Rita article. He's like, oh okay, I have mm-hmm, a name mm-hmm. now. I can just covertly yeah. ask someone. Head canon accepted. <laughs> was that a little gavel? A, b- a little baby gavel. Uh, <laughs> uh, I also just love Hermione being like, oh, he's not even that good looking. <laughs> he hasn't turned on the Vila charm towards her yet. He's too shy. Apparently not. Yeah. And I mean, Hermione's definitely the kind of person who's just like, oh, you're like moderately attractive. And then it's like, let me tell you about the books that I've read. And it's like, <laughs> uh huh, true. And then lastly, which we've already touched about on, is that Sirius does in fact look good from all of that loving that uh, Lupin is giving him. Yeah, she can interpret in a variety of ways <laughs> <laughs> because I mean all of them. One hundred percent. Yes. <sighs> Love that for him. <laughs> I also, I also love that, love that uh, sexual healing for him. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to corrections, where we talk about things that break canon. <laughs> okay. So that's you know, corrections is things that are canonically inconsistent. Mad Eye Moody's magical eye may be able to see through invisibility cloaks. Harry's invisibility cloak is unlike any other invisibility cloak in existence. Oh, you're right. It is a mythological item created by death himself, maybe. I don't think the Moody's eye could see through Harry's invisibility cloak. I don't think that makes any fucking sense once we learn the lore of where Harry's cloak came from. That's true. No, you're correct. Yeah. I'm like pretty convinced if someone tried to shoot a killing curse at Harry when he was in the cloak, it wouldn't fucking work. Yeah, that makes sense. Considering the story of the three brothers, I'm like, that shit repels death. Don't fucking tell me that. Like, don't, you can't tell me that that, that, that the invisibility cloak does not repel the killing curse. I know. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. They say like it, it never shows damage. It doesn't. Yeah. It totally, you're right. You're 100% right. Yeah. No, you No, you are correct. He should not have been able to see Harry in underneath a literal fucking hollows. Welcome to the health and science section where we talk about magic and science and magical science. I'm really excited about this because so much dragon content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, yes. So, uh, 
since I don't care about and don't believe that any of the extra canon Pottermore shit is true, I'm not going to watch Fantastic Beasts. It's not going to happen. So I'm just so excited to get dragons in this chapter. We learned so much about dragon husbandry. Why does it call that? Anyway, uh, dragon, dragon care slash subduing dragons. You need about eight people stunning a dragon, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely don't know why more people aren't wearing dragon hide leather coats. That seems like it could be that seems like it could be a very good protective thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone get McGonagall a fucking dragon hide leather coat right now. <laughs> also, you could drug them with sleeping draughts, which I imagine must be a like animal trough work. <laughs> Sleep <laughs> like. <laughs> How much? How, like you need gallons of this shit for like what? Yeah, and we get distinguishing spells. I'm assuming for their very deadly fire breathing capabilities, which once again does not help you for the dangerous other end of a Hungarian or death. Very true. Um, but yeah, but we get some cool dragon breeds. Um, up until this point, we only got. Whatever the fuck Norbert was. So we get the Chinese Fireball, the Welsh Green, the aforementioned Hungarian Horntail, and whatever that blue one was called. Swedish Short Snout. (laughs) Swedish Short Snout. Is that right? I don't have my book with me, so sure. Uh, I would have liked more of this canon in canon. Fantastic Beasts is not canon. Sorry, everyone. And I do also appreciate the small detail that the Chinese fireball does sort of kind of resemble sort of what Chinese dragon interpretations look like. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, no, that's a really good. That's a really good point. And clearly Hungarian horn tails are like fucking dinosaurs. Like, why do they have spikes in their tail? Yeah. Harry's like, it's the most lizard like this is a fucking dinosaur, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> It is on the cover of my book. It does honestly look a little bit like a winged uh, ankylosaurus, ankylos, ankylosaurus, the ones with the spiky tails. My favorite dinosaur. I should know how to say it, but I don't. So whatever. Yeah. I really like stegosauruses, which I do not have a hard time <laughs> <laughs> pronouncing. I had like a giant inflatable one when I was like five that like came in a like magazine of like dinosaur facts. Cute. I broke it trying to ride on the, the on the dinosaur. <laughs> it was not very sturdy plastic. But it's not surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I still have been like, this is so fucking cool. Anyway. Uh yeah, I'm excited about dragons. Even if stunning them, these angry, confused dragons is probably not the best idea. Norwegian Ridgeback. That's Norbert is a Norwegian. Yep. Sorry. They're one of the processors in my brain has been apparently trying to access that information this whole time so here it is yeah so yeah we learn more about dragons which i wish there were more of yep i guess we don't get any more dragon content until book seven no i don't think we do i guess there's plenty of dragon media out there for (laughs) (laughs) true there is (sighs) anyway all right yeah just excited excited about this uh excited to talk about dragons the next chapter also mm-hmm. unfortunate that we don't get to watch the other dragon competitions i feel like oh yeah i assumed i assumed the scoundrel was just 
did not feel like writing those sections, which is really too bad. Yeah. It's uh, like less less M dashes and ellipses sees and more <laughs> more quality dragon content. Yep. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, all right. Um, I only have one thing here, which is, isn't the fact that people can flu powder into Hogwarts a major security risk? It really is. I so I had two theories. One is that the head flu powder thing somehow works differently. So like you can't you can do this, but you can't actually bring your whole body. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Or Dumbledore set up an illegal flu connection for Sirius to make this call to Harry. Interesting. Or it's a terrible security breach. So I guess that's well, three options. Okay, so I think I think I want to combine your first point, which is maybe as a security, like maybe just that like the fire call thing is like, like making a phone call. So you can't go into someone's house, but you can like call them in their fireplace. Mm-hmm. So then it would make sense if students could make and receive calls in the common room if they wanted to like, not just owl their families or mm-hmm. something, you know? Or maybe it's connected to the fact that Sirius is still technically one of Harry's legal magical guardians. Maybe if even if the common room is only connected to like you can call your parents, but not just like any old rando, hmm. then Sirius would maybe still be able to in that scenario call Harry. I like that. So I feel like if you could do that, wouldn't we see people having fire times more frequently? This is true, but it might be happening and Harry just isn't paying attention because Harry is not paying attention to much of anything. True. True. (laughs) Besides the five Gryffindors he routinely talks to. But yeah, I don't know. I think I have to assume that the whole like sticking, like just like sticking your head in the fire kind of thing is probably not the same as like coming through your, you know, the fireplace. So. Yeah, I, I, I think that makes sense. Because I don't remember if we see anyone making a call like that and then coming through all the way. Mm-mm, I don't think so. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. Uh, if you like this podcast, you should totally check out our other podcast, Escape from Reality, spelled E-S-G-A-Y-P-E. Uh, where we talk about the Simon Snow series by Rainbow Rowell, and it's real fun and real gay and great. And both of those podcasts are creations of Hashtag Ruthless Productions and are produced, mixed, and edited by me. You should leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell all your friends about this here podcast. You can also like and share our stuff on Instagram and Twitter, where we're at The Gaily Prophet. Um, you can also check out our website, hashtag ruthless, where you can listen to episodes of this show and escape from reality and you can buy our merch and you can also make a donation if you so desire. And there's also a link to our Patreon where we have Patreon exclusive content for our, in, in a not hierarchical Patreon tier level because fuck capitalism. Heck yes. 
If you want to find me between episodes and, you know, follow along with my tarot deck situation, you should totally follow me on Instagram at Lark Malachi, which is L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I, or check out my website, which is LarkMalachi.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit or on Instagram for hilarious cat content and more ravings for me at Live from Detroit. Our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester. The music and our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. And until next time, red herring, yellow journalism. <laughs>